0: Are you looking for an innovative way to work on your military or first responder marriage? The LifeGiver app with Corey Weathers is now out and available for iOS and Android devices. You'll have access to the podcast, videos, as well as marriage curriculum that you can access and interact with right inside the app. It's free, it's available, and it's easy. Download the LifeGiver app with Corey Weathers today. Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you want to the world. I think I would say to women that um, you have to be willing to tear down the wall and that your spouse has a great desire to see your heart mm-hmm. and have a relationship not just with the person but with the soul.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey welcome to the Life Giver podcast. I am not Corey Weathers. That is abundantly clear. Unless I had a the flu and well since you're on video then even having the flu wouldn't alter my voice and my appearance as much as it is i am her husband matt weathers i'm her biggest fan um, uh so i proposed to Corey last week what i don't have my fidget spinner so this is what i got uh to interview her for the podcast because she interviews a lot of people and i am absolutely her biggest fan and uh i wanted to ask her some questions off the top of my head So we don't know how dangerous this is going to get. And just see where it comes from. So she spends a lot of her time um, really focusing on other people and thinking about what's going on in their brains and trying to bring the best out in them. And I thought it would be really fun to put her on the spot and to pull those things out of her brain. But she says she has to do a sponsorship thing right now. Is that what's up?
0: (laughs) Special thank you to our sponsors, Talkspace.com. They will pick, handpick a therapist just for you, and you can get online therapy, virtual therapy through their special HIPAA-approved app. Um, if you could just go to Talkspace.com forward slash LMS, and if you put in the promo code LMS, um, they'll give you $30 off of your first month. This is online virtual therapy, handpick therapist just for you. Um, A lot of them are first responder and military trained and certified to work with you and just an awesome, awesome company that's ready to give you convenient therapy for your, um, for your life or for your marriage or for anything else that's going on. So thank you to Talkspace.com for sponsoring today's podcast.
1: Awesome. Okay. So today's podcast, like I said earlier, is going to be focusing on this wonderful person right here. Corey Weathers. Um, uh, people ask me all the time if she's out and about, and I'm just kind of walking and mulling around in the background. Uh, how odd, they're like, isn't she just awesome? They they really, they think very highly of her and the gift that she, has, um, that she readily gives to people. And, and I tell them in all honesty um, who I know her to be behind the scenes on an everyday average mom of two boys, uh, wife of a nut job of a husband and uh caretaker of all things um and basically life giver to a lot of people around her um it's seamless and uh i wish i could have probably said more when we did the today show um but they were really quick and obviously i was really nervous and here i'm not so uh i even tell people that i would probably be a fan of her even if i didn't know her and uh maybe even stalkerish but we won't go there because i don't have to worry about that um But one of the coolest things about her uh, currently is how much of a nerd she's becoming, okay? And she's becoming a nerd of this lady, the significant Wonder Woman back here. And obviously we're leading up to, yes, we would go pull all the little Wonder Woman paraphernalia. If I could give you a
0: tour of my office, I would. I've got stuff everywhere. What else do I have? You
1: have those stamps.
0: I have this. I have this Wonder Woman right here. I've got Wonder Woman psychology back here. I've got Wonder Woman stamps up above. I'm I'm, I'm becoming a pretty big nerd. You are.
1: You are a pretty big nerd. (laughs) And I enjoy it. I think it's really cute.
0: Matt helps me become a nerd, though. He's very, very supportive of my nerding.
1: Yeah. Well, to be an actual real nerd, you actually have to have a pull list at your local comic store and actually really dive back into the, the history of your hero. So... Um, Have you ever talked about the history of why she is your hero?
0: Oh, the history of why she's my hero. Why
1: is Wonder Woman your hero?
0: Oh, um... When I was a kid, I played a lot in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a next door neighbor that was uh, my best friend, and we built forts together mm-hmm. and we um, had a lot of fun playing with Cabbage Patch Dolls and Barbies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I was playing by myself, we had this, you know, of course, everything seems huge when you're a kid, but mm-hmm. we had this huge backyard. And I had leather boots and I would go and get that, I don't even know what's that nylon yellow rope that Mm -hmm. most dads have in their garage. And so I would go and get some nylon rope and that would be my lasso. And I would lasso trees and go on adventures by myself and um, go even outside of the backyard and look for people to save and fight the enemy and, and bounce bullets off my pretend bracelets or make make uh, tiaras out of paper mm-hmm. um, so just whatever I could and I had a leather boots they weren't Wonder Woman boots but in my mind in my imagination they were Wonder Woman boots and I wore them until I couldn't wear them anymore mm-hmm. so to me um, obviously Linda Carter was a huge part of that but it was really about saving people mm. and it was about um, somehow being a hero and saving other people Every so, now and then I'd be the victim that needed to be saved. But of course, if I'm playing by myself, nobody shows up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> then, you just, then you just wait until you get called in for dinner. It's true. Somehow figure that out. <laughs> worked out
0: better if you're the hero saving imaginary victims. So we
1: established that you're a weird kid. You're it's a such weird, a weird kid. You're a weird loner kid. All right. <laughs> out doing your own thing. Um, but it, it plays into what I think is important for most kids and most adults even is that you have to have a hero in your mm. life. Um, You have to have somebody that you can look up to, somebody that you can emulate. So, what was it about your choice of hero that drew you to her?
0: What was it about my choice of hero? Yeah, you
1: chose... I mean, there was something in Why her... Why choose her? That, ...that made you choose her as your hero. I
0: think that was the same time that that Star Wars was coming out and Superman was coming out. And, I mean, number one, she was a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no other... At least in from what I remember, there was no other strong female other than She-Ra. Like, I was a mm-hmm. huge fan of She-Ra. But there was something about... Wonder Woman, that she could fly. And I remember as a kid wanting to fly through Mm -hmm. the air. Um, And she was strong and she was fierce and she wasn't scared of anything. And she um, just had the courage to, but she also loved, and I love that. She Mm -hmm. not only loved the people that she was trying to save, but she also loved Steve Trevor, Mm -hmm. you know? And so even though I assumed that she had some weaknesses that I didn't know as a kid, um, I just loved the fact that she was kind of a loner herself, mm-hmm. but also had the capacity to love.
1: What is important about the capacity to love?
0: What is so important about the capacity to love? Um, without it, I think a person... I want to say a person just dies. Mm. And I don't think that that means like actual death. But I think that the death of the soul is is just as bad. Mm-hmm. I think without love, without people to love, without people that love you, it's just a very dark existence. Mm-hmm. And it's a very lonely place. And from a very young age, and I don't know why, just in case you're about to ask that, <laughs> I, I deeply did not want anybody to feel alone. Mm. I deeply did not want anybody to be without that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I believe that the... And I think it's become a huge part of my life is to how do I increase my capacity to love? Mm -hmm. How do I learn how to love more or love better or love in a more fierce way? There's got to be, because in that, to me, there's so much joy, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to love you each day, learning how to love the boys each day. I find such joy there. And without that, it's just a very lonely, dark existence. Mm -hmm. You know, I think most people can relate when you have conflict. There is that, you know, in conflict, there's fear or there's frustration or insecurities come up. And I think that's just a normal process for for anybody. And so even in the midst of conflict, finding the ability to love and open yourself up to love is just there's so much joy and healing. It's it's always about how can I have more of that?
1: Mm -hmm. So there was something going on in you. That you wanted to basically enlarge your capacity of love. And it resonated with somebody that you were seeing.
0: Absolutely. Okay.
1: So you're able to see she, Wonder Woman, is going on her own hero's journey. And if you haven't heard about Corey's uh, positing her thoughts on the hero's journey, that's available on another podcast. Um, But I'll allude to that here in that Wonder Woman's on her own journey. And at that same time, as you're kind of like uh, seeing her as your hero, you're starting out on your own hero's journey. And what I've been out, I've been a part of for only 18, 19 years, but that has been going on for for much much longer. For the better part, like three quarters of your life, mm. your hero's journey. So, where do you think um, what what positive factors in your life encouraged you to constantly go on your hero's journey, and how did it really define over the years?
0: Positive moments in my yeah be.
1: yeah positive moments that encouraged um, you.
0: To me. <clears throat> I have found it's it's gotten easier, but I have found over time, the more I've learned to take risks, mm-hmm. the more elation you can find in taking those risks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in college, I really didn't feel like I knew myself very well. And so it was, there were risks of figuring as far as something as small as what styles do I like mm-hmm. and what colors do I like and what... You know, how do you want to decorate your room? And I mean, there's small little tiny risks like that, you know, but I think it bigger in life. I think any moment that I've had the opportunity to take a risk, um, starting a business, you know, or starting a practice or just starting counseling or just doing things that I had always wanted to do that felt right and good, mm-hmm. even though they were scary, were risks that, um, felt like the adventure. Mm-hmm. And they, I think I've realized probably in the last couple years, Mm -hmm. I think I've realized that doing when you know it's good and it's Mm -hmm. something that you and I both agree on, that it's the right next step, even though I'm scared to do it, um, I know that that's the beginning of an adventure Mm -hmm. and it's a beginning part of the next stage of character growth for me Mm -hmm. that I have a little bit more courage to go after than I did before. Mm -hmm. So definitely I would say taking risks where have become positive things, even though they didn't feel so positive sometimes in the very beginning. And you've seen me Mm -hmm. learn how to take those risks more often. Um,
1: You take very calculated risks. Now, I know you're strength finder, so Corey has responsibility in her top five. And responsibility, and and she has some futuristic type things, but they're a little bit lower. Um, So when I'm constantly talking about strategic ideas or ideation or imagining things, Corey is constantly uh, picking up these ideas. I call it picking these ideas up off the floor and figuring out how do we move this forward? What do we do with that? What all is going to go into that? And sometimes I have unfortunately left her spinning with trying to figure out how to make five things happen that I just threw out as ideas. But when back to the the idea of when you're taking risks, you take calculated risks and it takes time for you to process how you're going to move forward and how you um, uh, figure out how you're going to be comfortable. So is there some... there's some way, some pattern that you notice for you when you come up to this risk, this adventure as it's presented to you, that you automatically know you've kind of got to move in a standard process for thinking, how am I going to go through this adventure? How am I going to choose to accept this risk or not? How do I weigh my pros and cons? How do I do a a cost-benefit analysis of Hmm. this before I, you know, some people just jump, they leap. You're not a leaper. No, I'm not. You do not jump. <laughs> you are very calculated. And uh, that's been really good for our family a lot of times. Um, so how do you decide how to calculate that risk and how to uh, appropriately and responsibly go on that adventure?
0: So you're basically asking an introvert what happens in their head. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me... <clears throat> uh, Legitimately.
1: Yeah, like so this this is the problem. I've got to talk for a second and let her think. Because <laughs> No, you, I have an answer. Okay, so she has <laughs> I have an answer. Usually as an introvert, I need to give her a good two hours. Well, or, that's the
0: great thing about editing, is I can like take a two-minute pause if I had to. But I haven't an answered this question. Yeah,
1: well, I don't think we should I don't think we should edit this. This should just be That's out there. it is
0: what it is. Yep. Okay. So Sometimes it's an idea that you've said out loud because you are the strategic brains behind mm-hmm. a lot of what Team Weathers does. And mm-hmm. a lot of what I do goes, you know, through him or comes from him, and he casts vision. And I couldn't do anything that I do without his support and mm-hmm. without your help. Um, but there'll be times that if even if I'm gonna run or something mm-hmm. triggers something in me, and it's almost like a punch in the gut of a discerning. Like something needs to be done or there's a need that isn't filled and it's this combined feeling all at once that there's a need for something or there's people that are broken or there's something going on mixed with, I have the skills to do something about that. Mm -hmm. I have the talent to do something about that or I have the voice to do something about that. And that's where then a big pause button happens for me where you say, I don't jump. And so for me... Um, I spend a a considerable amount of time and prayer and thoughtfulness and making sure that that gut feeling is not just my, you know, something I ate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not just a feeling that Corey has because one of my biggest fears is jumping into a project that is not in line with our family priorities or that we have, that I have time for. Or just doing something that's already being done a million times or just is a waste of time. And so um, I spend a lot of time praying over that and thinking it heavily about it. And um, on the risks that I do take, there is some kind of um, confirmation mm-hmm. that I either get in my prayer life or from you or from someone <clears throat> else that's close to me that says, yes, this is a great next step to take. Mm-hmm. And only then do I start researching it all. Yeah. You know, and I do a lot of research to then figure out is it the next thing to do? So that's kind of from a business angle, mm-hmm. I would say. But I think that's
1: business and personal because even when we're making personal decisions, you take uh, a good amount of time to, to think it through and and not move until you feel a comfort and a peace about it. So for those of you who wonder whether or not Corey can actually cry on, on uh, what is it? On, on command? command, on command. Um, I'm going to, this is like a projective. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back. I'm going to take <laughs> you back to a moment, okay? Because she brought up something hugely important that I know is, is massively for, formational, foundational and form, formative for you um, about gut level intuition and, and, and how that, that moves in you. So you were in college, you were at Hardee's, and you were talking to granddad. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and you were talking to granddad about... How do you make decisions? And what was it that he told you? I love this phrase.
0: Uh, he said, well, I was really struggling with a lot of things at the time <clears throat> in college and trying to make big decisions for my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to know, try not to cry. Yeah. Um. But I, I said, Granddad, how do you know whether God wants you to do this or that? Or how do you know God's good with whatever decision you're going to make? And he said, he said, Corey, God doesn't spoon feed you. He doesn't give you... Um, his will on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. He gives you, um, that the phrase is sanctified mm-hmm. judgment. He gives you, a, he basically said to me, he gave you a brain, he expects you to use it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that has really resonated with me mm-hmm. because um, I work very hard in mm-hmm. my brain to make sure that I review what I know to be right and wrong and what God has put in my mind and and what he's taught me in a lifetime of so far of what's right and wrong. And that, I think that that honors God Mm -hmm. when I do that. And I think that he's up there smiling or with me, smiling, going, you're doing a good job. Keep thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to a good place here. And then somehow, not always immediately, but at some point, God seems to like step in and fill the gaps Mm -hmm. of what I don't know. And sometimes I think that it's about taking big risks and doing things and, and trusting that he may not fill in the gaps, but he'll definitely put the next step in front of you. And sometimes you don't even realize that he put the next step in front of you until you get like a year down the road and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way I could have done that by myself. Mm -hmm. And so he stepped in at some point and took care of things.
1: So what some might see as a very cautious introvert is actually a woman who is very in tune with wanting to please God, wanting to use the sanctified judgment, not waiting for the spoon feeding of God's will to happen in her life but someone that's trying to do the best to please her God.
0: That would, that would be my goal. Yeah. In life. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's something that yeah, I, I doubt you would ever say about yourself on the podcasts, which is why I wanted yeah. to bring it out because I know that to be who you are time and again. I mean, even heck, it almost comes down to like, does this breakfast please God? And no, the, no <laughs> um, but although uh,
0: egg whites, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Egg whites definitely please God. Um, I really hope they do because boy, we've had a lot. Um, <laughs> So in, in line with that, with, with wanting your life to be a reflection of something that pleases your God, there was also um, another little known fact that Corey, so few people even know about her uh, in her current world, <laughs> is that Corey uh, was a musical performance major for a while and then ended up getting it as a minor or did you have like five No, I majors? finished it as a minor she finally she finished it as a minor I switched <clears throat> to psychology because uh, she realized there wasn't a lot of money in that no I'm just kidding she she never does anything for money but sometimes she can be influenced to go it's not a job there but um so she has an amazing voice she can sing like nobody's business but please don't ask her to sing the national anthem um, I've messed it up once and yeah. I don't think I've
0: done it since yeah that's so, too scary
1: um <laughs> But that was trained in her by, um, by her mom and her stepfather, Ron. And, uh, you know, the whole Brandon family is just a massively musical family. And it's a gift that I have always looked at and said it's absolutely amazing. But um, uh, Rhonda, her mom, and, and Ron did an incredible job at, at fostering that gift in her. I mean, she had the natural ability and the natural talent. And they both, as great parents, just grew that up in you. And uh, there was something when you were you were stepping out on stage once to sing with a little uh, tape track at church that Ron said to you. okay. Mm. And what was it that Ron said to you that also shapes the way that you um, present yourself out there and how you how you view your your ministry, your calling and your role in the world?
0: Well, he was the minister of music at our church, and so he was in charge of all that. Mm -hmm. And so he was very protective over um, not only his job, but what he was called to do, which was um, bring worship, bring worship out of others, Mm -hmm. um, invite God into the the service and into that space. And so he took that very seriously. Mm -hmm. And so he would say to me in a very serious tone that commanded a lot of respect in that moment, um... Is, was he said, never, ever um, get up on stage if you haven't done the work beforehand. Mm-hmm. Never expect God to just show up and do for you what you should have done mm-hmm. in the time that you had to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And so it was very much about... Um, being a good steward mm-hmm. of the talents and skills that he had given me, mm-hmm. that ha- if I haven't done the work, if I haven't done the practicing, if I haven't memorized whatever I needed to memorize, that don't expect to get up at all. And if he knew that I had not practiced, he was not going to let me up mm-hmm. there. So I had to do the work. And then, but he would always say, you know, he would always affirm that knowing that I had done the work, mm-hmm. and that if I got up there, that God would fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. That God would be there to do the rest. Like all I had to do was was be a good steward of what gifts and what skills that God had instilled in me, and then He does the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that I got from him.
1: Yeah, so that, I mean, I'm touching on all these things that I think are important. There's, there's this overarching idea of a hero's journey and, and your journey, and everybody has their own, but we're talking about yours right now. And, and yet, that really, you see the highlights. You see what, what happens in those little captions on the comic book pages. Those are the big highlights. And sometimes they're low light. Sometimes it's what people wouldn't want to see um, happen. But we all wonder, who are people behind closed doors? How do they normally act? What do they really like? Is it somebody that I can trust? Uh, but how, oftentimes, it's, it's how did that person get to where they're at? And what have they done in their life? Uh, I know for me, I have a lot of personal heroes. And I've always thanked them not for what they're doing out in front of people, but what they've done in the closed doors that I've never seen, mm. that is clearly evidencing a life that is amazing to watch, and is 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 doing a ministry far beyond what they themselves personally could probably conjure up. Whether it be through charisma, or notoriety, or just somebody that's incredibly well spoken, all of these heroes that uh that are that have accepted the journey, there is you're really seeing the tip of the iceberg. There, I mean, mm. I've I've been watching you for two decades, and I've watched the massive amount of work that goes into. Making the tip of that iceberg is as is, is glorifying to God and pointing to him as possible. There's a whole lot underneath the water of work that you have done. Um, how have you noticed over time your satisfaction with doing the work? Does that make sense?
0: I think so, but I want you to ask it again. Okay,
1: just so all that work that we end up having to do, um, sometimes I think originally we're all kind of like, ah, oh, crap, I got to put in hard work mm. in order to, to do that or get wherever I want to get or to accept the journey and to be prepared for the journey. And we can kind of grumble. We want to go on the journey. It's like, if anybody's seen, uh, Anchorman, it's like when Steve Carell goes, Hey, we're going to a party and he goes, all right, let's go. Yeah. And they, they just runs off stage and everybody, Hey, it's an adventure. Let's go. But they may not actually do all the, the dedicated hard work, which isn't just, Brain work—it's not just strategic work. It's not just reading all the right books. There's a massive amount of soul work mm. that that goes into this. So going from—I know it—I know it to be a, a place that you have found comfort and somewhat joy in. To go—I've got to go through this work again every time a new thing comes up. Mm. I've got to work at this, and um, so has there? Has it become a joyful place? And if it has become a joyful place, uh, how did it go from being somewhere where you're like, uh, you weren't, I don't think you've ever been immature, but in a more immature state than you are now. Has it ever become, uh, gone from like an immaturity to a maturity of accepting, okay, this is difficult. This is going to be, this may be painful, but I know what it's going to be like on the other side and I'm willing to accept that and go through this process again.
0: I would definitely say that <clears throat> the work that I get to do now, to do now is amazingly joyful Mm -hmm. like i um what i'm actually the end product of the things that i get to do whether it's this podcast or whether it's writing for military.com or whether it's working with chris kyle frog foundation there's there's certain moments that are just overwhelmingly joyful like i can't believe i get to do what i'm doing and You know, the word encourager, I noticed that it pops up in my writing all the time, it pops up in the podcast all the time, and I've just accepted it, like in the last six months. I'm mm-hmm. like, I am just, I just have to accept that I'm an encourager, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm called to do and I'm good at doing. And I find so much joy in that. I really have embraced that, and that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Much like there's a part of me that has embraced that I am okay with nerding out and saying, I am Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. like I am that, hero to myself that i always wanted to be when i was a kid yeah
1: but this this is but, a, yeah, okay right.
0: <laughs> i know what you want me to get to my point but um behind the scenes there's these there's these growth moments that are mm, incredibly where, painful yeah. to get there so while a lot of people see the end product of getting on stage and encouraging people and talking to people those are those moments that i work so incredibly hard to mm-hmm. get to and most of that hard work are is like the internal shaping that I feel like I've been having to go through. Mm-hmm. And the there's these seasons that I've just accepted recently are not going away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I keep thinking, we've talked about all the time, like when are we going to get that break? Mm-hmm. Because the personal growth has been like, um, I don't know what I, what metaphor you can think of. It's more than breaking out of a cocoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like transforming and breaking out of your skin each time. It mm-hmm. is so painful to go through um examining those insecurities and being forced to um, face those and be forced to work through them and face them and move forward or working on sometimes even a project where i'm tired and i don't want to work on Mm -hmm. the project or i don't have to stretch my mind to think in that way Mm -hmm. and yet if i don't then that end product that brings me joy is never going to happen Mm -hmm. like i have to force myself to Mm -hmm think in new ways and write in new ways and, and the personal growth of, um, you know, just to, I think something that a lot of people struggle with that I had to had and have to go through the fear of what do other people think of me? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out there, you know, you know, two years ago I was in a private practice where I could shut the door and just work on it with people one at a time. And now I'm in front of people and, and there is that insecurity of what do other people think about what I'm putting out there and what do they think about me? And having to go through the growth of examining my heart when that comes up and and doing that hard work to decide that I don't care mm-hmm. and okay. that I have to just do what I'm called to do. But, I mean, you're more than welcome to ask me if you want me to go deeper than that.
1: Um, if you have more to go deeper with, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already got my formulated I mean, question. I mean, one of the questions based off of that that kind of pulls this thing full circle, not that this has to conclude it anyway. But I remember um, when we were talking about your talk at Town Hall and, and we were saying, yes, you have to show the trailer. Why? Because at any, any point where you can show the yeah. Wonder Woman trailer, it's a great. But there is a, uh, a point where she is having to choose to go on the adventure mm. and she says a phrase about, you know, this whole staying versus going.
0: Who will and I be? Exactly. Who, will, who would I become if I yeah. didn't?
1: So that really kind of becomes her mission that actually launches her out. That just from that statement, there's a sense of mission, a sense of purpose and calling. You have a sense of purpose and calling and mission. Do You have to go back to that over and over again, not just to stay centered, but to also to give you the courage to keep going.
0: Absolutely. Like I, um, I would almost say that I, I don't want to say that my mission or the reasons why I do what I do is because of who I am. But I also know if I don't do them, mm-hmm. then I am not going to grow into being who I feel like I'm called called to become. Mm-hmm. And so I love the phrase that she says that because I, in a, in a good way, I mm-hmm. think, have a fear of if I don't do what I'm called to do, what am I going to miss out yeah. What am i going to miss out on participating in and wh- who who could i become not for because i want to become <clears throat> something bright and shiny yeah. but because I, I i want to see who i can become mm-hmm. i have grown to love myself in like a good way like a secure way of god created me and i i love the fact that he created me and i'm not ashamed of that and mm-hmm. i want to honor him and i want to be a creation that he looks and says, I'm so glad I created that. (laughs) Look at, I knew what she could do Mm -hmm. and she just had to wait until she figured out that she could do these great things too. Yeah, Whether they were small, like doing something small with the kids or, or investing in our marriage or whatever it was that he called me to. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't want to miss out on that. I don't, I want to see who I'm supposed to become each day Mm -hmm. and, if I hold my if I hold myself back, mm-hmm. then I'm missing out on those moments of joy, mm. and I don't want to rob myself of that. That doesn't sound like a great way to live.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I just get speechless because, um, it. Even though I know this about you, it's always fun to 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 hear it again and. Um, A few years back, we we heard a TED Talk by Brene Brown about vulnerability and it completely reshaped the way that we started doing our marriage retreats and talking to other couples. And what you were just talking about has a lot to do with embracing uh, adversity and and, and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and hardship almost um, in order to achieve or to reach joyful things or that you can find joy in adversity and hardship. a lot of the stuff that you write about or that you've talked about on the blog has been lived out in this house, mm. um, even sometimes just a, a day or two or a few hours prior to when you feel a, a push and a, com, a compulsion to actually to say something about it, mm. to write about it. Um, how would you tell people, just from your own experience, how rewarding it is to constantly go and be in a vulnerable place in order to get your best creativity and, and really embrace, um, uncomfortable joy.
0: Ooh. Um, there's like so many things that came to my mind. I yeah. don't know which one to choose. Um,
1: do I need to keep talking? So you no can?
0: Okay. no, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I think that I struggle with an insecurity that a lot of other women struggle with. And that is, um, just the struggle to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that comes from being hurt. And I think men can struggle with being vulnerable too because of past hurt. But I think there's something, um, maybe it's just because I'm a woman and I don't know what it's like to be a man. Maybe it was because I did play by myself as a lot, a lot as a kid. Maybe yeah. it's because I'm an introvert. Maybe yeah. it's because um, my parents were divorced when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I went through some painful relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of reasons, but... I think my biggest struggle is is tearing down certain walls Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and and exposing my heart to feel the fullness of joy Mm -hmm. and life around me. Mm -hmm. And God has definitely given me you. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm going to cry to help me do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have really you live life to the fullest. You. I eat peanut (laughs)
1: butter right out of the jar, baby. Right out of the jar.
0: (laughs) Um you um teach me how to pause in moments and and really just capture life mm-hmm. and we used to when we were dating we used to talk about um that we wanted our our home to be a, a place of laughter and that we wouldn't necessarily quiet that now that we have kids we've definitely had to quiet it sometimes. well
1: really it's more so about the subject matter that's being laughed about with two pre-adolescent boys. It's true. Where you're like, I appreciate that you're laughing. I'm so glad you're having a good time. But if you say that word again.
0: (laughs) Um, So I think that, um, I've forgotten the question, but I will say that I, oh, I think I remember the question. So I think that I have to work very hard Mm -hmm. to, um, pause sometimes Mm -hmm. and ask myself, can I be more vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Can I, what work can I do? What things can I teach myself to, to allow myself to be more vulnerable? Because Brené Brown talks about that vulnerability, um, is, is the answer to connection and joy and experiencing life at its fullest. But that with that is a lot of risk and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of, opportunities for hurt Mm -hmm. and, and embracing the fact that hurt is, is part of life, Mm -hmm. not destruction. I mean, destruction can be part of life. Um, we're all human and and we're going to make mistakes, you know, but I'm talking about extreme destruction. But I think that you know, even in relationships, we're going to get hurt by people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hurt you on accident. You're going to hurt me on accident. And learning how to accept that and embrace it and Mm -hmm. realize that there still can be joy in the midst of hurt has been a huge growth thing for me over the years. And so I think you were asking me what would I tell other people? Mm -hmm. I would say um, that you know, especially to women, I think I would say to women that um, you have to be willing to tear down the wall and that your spouse has a great desire to see your heart mm-hmm. and to have a relationship, not just with the person, but with the soul mm-hmm. and that we as women are very good at keeping that wall up and just lo- lobbing, yeah. lobbing yeah. a little bit of vulnerability over yeah, the wall yeah. enough to, here's another word I don't do well, placate. Placate. That's really good. good is job. that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Word of the day
1: works in our house.
0: <laughs> to, enough to placate our spouse. Right. Um, just enough to make them feel like um, they got a little bit of us, and hopefully that's enough. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think as as women, especially, learning how to tear that wall down and say, even though I'm taking a huge risk and I can get hurt it is worth it to experience life at its fullest and experience joy and connection and everything that marriage is supposed to be Mm -hmm. and everything that life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's another reason why I'm even more and more um, excited about Wonder Woman than I even was as a kid, because Mm -hmm. even reading through the comics, seeing that she has similar insecurities Mm -hmm. and that um, there's still a part of her that wants to open her heart up to love Mm -hmm. and to love others um, and that she can't be strong all the time. She yeah. can't be saving the world all the time and not also tending to her heart. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a lot of what I think my res- inner wrestling is as well. Okay.
1: All right. So is that, is that pretty deep enough? That's pretty deep. I think it's pretty deep. So we're going to end up today with I wanted to do this. So if oh, anybody no. has been a, a fan of Enter the Actors Studio... I oh absolutely no. love. I love James Lipton. I love the actor Studio, and so just for giggles, it people don't know, um, uh, Corey is actually not only was she like singing all the time, but she was like, like chief actress of her uh, of college. Chief actress, chief actor. If that's a word, I'm just gonna make it up. <laughs> um, so has she and she's not acting. That's a fascinating thing. Is she's like never acting. Who you see is who you get. But. So this is, this is no stretch to be like, enter the actor's studio, Corey Weathers. So <laughs> the first question, you're not allowed to look at the questions, you have to look okay. at me, is what is your favorite word? Joy. Why?
0: Oh, because I want more of it. Mm-hmm. And because I want other people to have more of it. And there's too much conflict in the world. And there's too much war and sadness. And I see brokenness everywhere I look. And I just think joy is the answer.
1: What is your least favorite word?
0: My least favorite word? Because I know you're going to ask me about a curse word, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that comes up. Yeah.
0: No, my least favorite word. Uh, hate.
1: Hate. Why?
0: Um, that's the first one that comes to my mind. I think because it has, when it's directed at another person, it just causes such destruction. Mm-hmm. There are things I think and there's things and situations to hate. There are things to highly just be upset over. Mm-hmm. But to hate another person to me is is so painful. Mm-hmm. So.
1: All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
0: Going for a run. Um it is it is being outside and fresh air, and vitamin D, and um, I don't do it often enough because I am have lots of different goals, but um, I would say first is scripture mm-hmm. because it's often on the run mm-hmm. that it all comes together and I have clarity and creativity and, and the cl- cobwebs go away in my mm-hmm. head and connections are made and I come home inspired and feeling like I took care of myself, but also... Um, somehow had an amazing conversation with God in the process.
1: Mm -hmm. What turns you off creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
0: Conflict. Tension. Mm -hmm. Um, As an introvert, I put so much energy into relationships, and it's not that I'm afraid of conflict. It's just that tension um, takes so much energy for me to work towards resolving it, and Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of energy from me, and Mm -hmm. I literally sometimes have to go sleep. In mm-hmm. order to recover
1: yeah what sound or noise do you love
0: laughter especially around the dinner table with you and the boys like i could just be there forever when everybody's laughing and say, telling jokes and hearing them laugh and it is an absolute dream come true to me to have a house that's filled with laughter
1: okay what sound or noise do you hate
0: hmm I don't know what sound or noise do i hate
1: the slamming of cabinets
0: oh yes oh yes Yes. i have a problem (laughs) too i have a problem of for some reason doors closing and drawers closing and the slamming of cabinet doors like i for many the beginning years of our marriage i didn't close cabinet doors and you hit your head several times and You were so sweet in one of our houses to put like the IKEA drawers that shut on by themselves quietly, Um, and you also like you've done all kinds of things to control noise. Like you dipped like we had these brass handles on our dresser that you dipped in what was it rubber, so that they wouldn't hit against the drawer when you close. Yes, Yes. oh, I I have a problem with that. My dresser drawers upstairs. I finally closed them. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's quite all right. (laughs) I do hate that.
1: What is your favorite
0: curse word? My shit. <laughs> and I don't say stuff like that very often. But I have been known to use that word only in special occasions when I'm working with someone else who very much needs me to go there with them. Yeah. There are, And this is something that you've helped me with. But um, there are, um, and I think it's actually in my book. I actually mm-hmm. put that in my book because there are some situations that there is no other way to describe it. Yeah.
1: I remember the movie Inherit the Wind, and when they are testifying in the trial and the the lawyer uses a curse word and he gets corrected by the judge in the middle of the trial for using the curse word. And he says something to the sort of, your honor, the English language has so few words, you almost have to use every single one of them to make it count.
0: Yes, I agree with that. So
1: what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
0: Oh, This is a huge question to ask a military spouse (laughs) because we're always thinking about what else could I do or should I do if I can't do what I'm doing now, wherever I go next, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have talked – I have thought sometimes that if I couldn't do what I was doing now, um, on one extreme, I would have a bakery Mm -hmm. and I would bake and just make bread and pastries and – even as a third shift job, that sounds so peaceful to me. And it's another life-giving thing Mm -hmm. to see something rise. And, and on the other extreme, I would want to go into politics Hmm. and lead the world, lead the world, but save the world. (laughs) But, um, I don't know something that I help other people in a, in a bigger way.
1: Okay. What profession would you not like to do?
0: A trash collector. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit too dirty and smelly for okay. me. I'm enjoying the fact that I'm a, a, one girl in the house of boys and that's enough.
1: <laughs> yep, it's dirty and smelly enough. In, in in a lot of ways, you are a trash collector around the house. It's possible. I mean, I do a better job. You but, do. So.
0: You do. You do a great job of cleaning Thanks. the house.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to rephrase the 10th question. The 10th question says, if heaven exists, we're not even going to debate that. Yeah. Um, here because we're in in charge of this. Um, so what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: You did it baby girl That's it <laughs>
1: So that is the newest episode of LifeGiver podcast with uh, your host, Matthew Weathers and uh, his wonderful wife and uh, host of all the other series, Corey Weathers. Thanks for joining us Um, and for a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes of my favorite person in the world. Um, And my thanks go out to everybody that has made her who she is and um, I... I know many people are jealous that I get to experience her on a day-to-day basis, um, and I can't believe I get that opportunity. Uh, It's the best gift I have or ever will receive other than uh, salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you for today, and I pray that you guys have a blessed rest of the time. Take care. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye.
1: Hey, welcome to another uh, edition of Lifegiver Military Spouse Podcast. Nope, of start course. over.
0: It's not Military Spouse anymore. Yeah,
1: no, let's go. I, I need a fidget. I need something to mess with. All right.
0: I was so, like, oh my God. <laughs> so I just have to say, welcome to Lifegiver. Welcome to another episode of the Lifegiver Podcast. <clears throat> oh, snap. So we've got TalkSpace.com. Um, you've heard me talk about them before. They are. Um, let me try that again. <laughs> 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 it's not marriage. We should, we
1: should switch seats because I'm interviewing you.
0: Why does it matter which side? Am I going with the directions that you want me to go?
1: I don't have any direction. Okay. I asked you a question. <clears throat> if you want to answer okay. the question.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you can go.
1: Switch seats?
0: No. Start. Uh-oh.
1: Answer
0: the question. Answer the question. Is it lo- lolly? What's the word?
1: Not lollying, probably lobbing.
0: Lobbing. <laughs> well, you could just say the Life Giver
1: podcast. Hey, welcome to the Life Giver podcast. I am not Corey Weathers. That is abundantly clear unless I had a the flu. And well, since you're on video, then even having the flu would alter my voice and my appearance. It-
0: lobbing. just lob, so lolly. Lob lolly. Lob lolly. <laughs> lob,
1: lolly. Lob lolly. <laughs> Such a fun word. Lob, lob lolly. Lob, lolly. <laughs> is it? How was the volume on it? I'm sure it's
0: fine. Oh, uh, just lo- lolling? Lobby. Lob- Lobbing. <laughs> Lobbing. Not lobbying. Lobbying. I mean, yeah, that means
1: you're on Congress Lobbing. paying people. Sure the volume is fine? That doesn't look like it's fine.
0: It will be fine. Okay.
1: Marriage <laughs> podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of LifeGiver Marriage Podcast. Is that right? Is that right?